Yo, 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 it's your girl, Alexandra Caroline Edoff, otherwise known as ACE or ACE, back on the track with episode 6 of ACE's Portal. What's up, guys? I know it has been quite a bit of time since I've dropped an episode, and I do apologize. There's been a lot going on. I had a six-week depressive episode that knocked my creativity on its ass, followed by me writing an episode I didn't really want to write that made me so fucking miserable every time I tried to record it that I finally just gave up on it altogether and decided to start with a blank slate. And then I also had my college graduation, which was a whirlwind in itself, and it actually ties into today's topic a bit, so I'll save all that juicy goss for a bit later in the episode, But for now, welcome back, my lovely star beings. Thank you so, so much for your patience. I really appreciate it, and I'm back, I'm ready, I'm renewed, and that Pluto retrograde is working absolute magic wonders for my little Scorpio self. Alright, so you've waited long enough for this episode, and as ironic as it is, all the bullshit that has kept me from making this episode is actually what I'm here to talk about today. But in more specific terms, today I'll be covering cyclical energy cycles, what they are, how they present, why they happen, and the best way to handle them when they show up. Not only will we be talking about cyclical energy, but we will also be discussing following your heart, listening to your soul, and really honoring your inner voice rather than external sources, which let me tell you is not as easy as it sounds, especially since we've been 3D conditioned by society to think and act in so many ways that oftentimes we may not even realize we're defying our truth because it's so clouded, by what our logical mind believes we should do. Okay, so before I dive right in, I find the easiest way to explain cyclical energy is to take a page out of the old shamanism handbook and talk about the four seasons. No, not the bougie hotel, but the actual seasons that bring about changes in weather. Any witches will probably be familiar with this concept too, since a lot of witchcraft works with nature and the seasonal changes in energy. One thing I'll mention is that the four seasons are correlated with the four cardinal directions north, east, south, west, or never eat soggy waffles as my first grade teacher taught me. The directions and seasonal affiliations change based off the hemisphere you live in, so I want to be clear that I'm defining these based off North America and how I experience the seasons and energy where I live in Massachusetts. For those of my listeners who live in Florida or places where the seasons are less obvious, just know you still experience the same energy changes and cycles, it just may not visually appear the same way. Okay, so the first one is the north, which is associated with the season of winter. If you live in New England or anywhere that experiences a winter season, you know it's winter because it's cold as shit, you never want to leave your house, you're depressed as fuck because the sun sets at 4pm, all the trees and plants are brown, there's virtually no color anywhere, no animals, the sky is grey, and there's probably snow or slush everywhere you look. As terrible as I just made that sound, the season of winter is when animals go into hibernation. It's when all the plants shed their leaves and flowers and are stripped down to just their core structure that holds them up and supports them. If you think about that and convert it to a human sense, we have our own sort of hibernation by staying inside and not going out as much. There's less lively social activity taking place and the whole world slows down. As far as comparing us to the plants shedding their leaves, because we spend so much time inside, there's time for inner reflection and evaluation. Really thinking about yourself, your life, and what you want to do to prepare for the upcoming spring and the new beginning. Winter in the north are associated with death, solitude, and going within. There's not a whole lot of flourishing life on the outside, so you have to create that light and warmth from within you and within your inner environment. Death often sounds like a scary word, but it's not. 
The death tarot card is almost never about actual death, but more metaphorical death. Old things must die away so they can be reborn in a new, stronger way. That's what winter is. Reflection, allowing things that no longer serve you in your life to fall away, and shedding your own leaves so you can prepare for rebirth and renewal. Okay, so following winter we have spring, which is associated with the east. If you think about it, spring is a time of new life, baby animals, flowers are blossoming, greenery is finally starting to make a comeback, the temperature is warming, warming up, the sun is shining more hours each day, and to really relate it to the direction of the east, every day the sun rises in the east, that is where our light source comes from each and every day. So it makes sense that if every day is a new day with new beginnings, so is every spring. New life, new opportunities, new beginnings are all heavily resonant with spring energy. This is the time to start projects, start growing your gardens physically or metaphorically. I'm all about that farming life if you fuck with it, but in full disclosure, I've killed every cactus I own, so I'll stick to the metaphorical garden personally. Also, sorry if you can hear that horn. Uh, classic Boston. <laughs> okay, in spring we experience that rebirth, renewal, and our light energy coming back in following a long dark winter. It's the perfect time to create and embrace the power and light of the new. After spring comes summer, which we associate with the south. I'm a little bit biased when it comes to thinking about the south because I've only ever lived on the east coast and my definition of the south is my childhood home in south Florida. But to be perfectly honest, as crazy as Florida is, it's the perfect example of summer energy all year round. The summer brings steady warmth, light, and of course the summer solstice, meaning the day with the absolute most sunlight. By the time summer rolls around, all the plants and trees are back to life. Nature is covered in green and flourishing in growth. All the animals are out and about just living their best lives. The same thing goes for human beings. Summer for us is characterized by beach trips, barbecues, summer concerts, outdoor beer gardens, even though I hate beer, um, huge social gatherings, outdoor recreational activities. When I think of summer, I think of fun. Everything is sort of at its peak lively energy in nature. Whatever you set out to start in spring has had time to progress and grow, and assuming you put in the hard work, time, and energy necessary, you should be all good in the hood. Things should be paying off and in a healthy, thriving state. Summer in the South are peak energy, when all of your manifestations from the seeds you planted are finally happening and you're seeing the results in a wonderful way. Last but certainly not least, we have fall or autumn, whichever words you prefer. Fall correlates with the West and it serves as a time when things are slowing down a little bit with nature. Animals are starting to prepare their food supply for hibernation or they're eating a fuck ton to prepare for their slumber. We reap what we sow here. In fall, the final crops are being harvested. We're celebrating the growing season coming to a close. We're starting to clean out the old to make room for the new coming in. In fall, we get to see all the results of our hard work end. Our outer growth cycle is coming to a finishing point and we're preparing for that inner reflection so we can repeat the cycle all over again. We start to pull back from the external world and begin grounding ourselves on the inside before the winter season begins. Leaves start changing color and preparing to fall away. We rake those leaves and clean them up, maybe even jump in a pile or two, <laughs> feed that inner child. Um, that's symbolic of preparing to shed and get rid of things that are no longer needed for the next stage of the cycle. We're evaluating what we need and what we don't. In terms of lightness and darkness, the sun always sets in the west, meaning this is the season right before the external light really goes out. We're preparing for the darkness and the shadow that the winter and winter solstice bring. 
Okay, so many of you may be wondering why I took you through a whole long ass explanation of the seasons, the directions, and what they're symbolic of energetically. The Earth experiences this cycle of seasons every year, and while we react to the seasonal changes energetically, understanding this basic death, rebirth, new beginnings, growth, peak, balancing, wrapping up, closing, cyclical energy, it's so important because we experience our own energy cycles independent of the seasons all the time in our own lives. As individual souls, we're all on our own timing and also a collective timing. Understanding your own timing and where certain things are energetically in a cycle is so important because a cycle implies that it's a repetitive circular pattern of energy following a predictable set of phases. Now, why is that so important? We all have patterns. Some are good patterns and some are bad. Some are helpful, some are toxic, but regardless, we all have patterns. A lot of times what happens is because we have patterns, our brains are hardwired to repeat the same patterns, the same actions and reactions. And therefore, because these things are so repetitive, we repeat the same cycles. If it's a good pattern and a good cycle, by all means, please keep it up. But alas, no one is perfect and no one has it all figured out, myself included, and thus, understanding cyclical energy patterns and being able to pull out from where you currently are and look at it from a bigger perspective, from the perspective of the whole cycle, not just where you are in the present moment, is so important in helping you break patterns you don't like and negative or toxic cycles you keep repeating. The seasons and directions I just laid out are what a good pattern and cycle would follow in terms of all that positive language and those, that positive imagery I gave you. Given that we probably wanna keep what's good and get rid of what's bad, the examples I'm gonna give you will focus on the same seasons and their cyclical nature, but show what that looks like with a negative pattern rather than a positive one. To be completely blunt with you, most people repeat cycles multiple times before they break out of them. I think as much as we don't like to endure whatever torture that negative cycle has, the pattern is familiar to our brain and therefore our neural pathways are wired in a way to where even if the cycle and pattern fucking suck, it's normal and therefore relatively predictable. And as we all know by now, the ego loves fucking predictability because that's how it keeps itself safe from uncertainty, even if that uncertainty might be something better and healthier for us. Oftentimes we have these negative cycles and patterns occur so frequently that we simply come to believe that this is just how things are for us. This is just who we are. No matter what we seem to do, we can't change or make a difference. I felt that way for a really long time. And what I will say is breaking a cycle or pattern is hard. It really fucking is. A lot of times we repeat it until we are just so at our breaking point that we literally cannot do it again and again anymore. And we either break down or we break out. When we're at that point where we're just so fucking done with life and ourselves and everything around us, our ego is fully thriving and this is where it defines that separation of, oh my god, why me? Why my life? No matter what I do, I can't do anything to change. And those words, that attitude, that energy, literally continue to feed that same shitty pattern we hate so much. Before I go any farther, I want to say that if I heard myself saying these words maybe a year and a half ago, I might have just rolled my eyes and told myself to fuck off because clearly this person doesn't understand what I'm going through. If any of you are at that point, great! That's the ego. That's our favorite toxic BFF. 
You certainly don't need to believe me on this, but I am going to talk about two very specific examples, which I hope will help highlight cyclical energy patterns, how to recognize them, and maybe even give you perspective on how to begin realizing them in your own lives so you can break free of what's holding you back and keeping you from evolving forward on your soul's true path. Ejemplo uno! As we all know by now, I was a depressed motherfucker. Like, that shit went deep. That was a large part of my life and my energy for such a long time. Truly, old me never thought I had a chance at being where I am today and feeling and thinking the way I do right now. I've had severe anxiety and paranoia since I was in third grade. That came about due to some severe bullying I experienced and that stayed with me through most of college. My depression started in middle school and continued through college as well. My poor body confidence and self-esteem have been complete crap since I was maybe five years old and once again, those were also reinforced by external situations. Regardless of the external experiences that reinforced all those mental health issues and limiting beliefs that I held as truths about myself, I allowed those to define my reality for years. Mathematically, the body issue cycle had 19 years to rinse and repeat and to put me through hell. My anxiety and paranoia had 14 years and my depressive cycle had 11. As you can see, these negative toxic mindsets had so much time to repeat over and over again to the point where my neural pathways were so established that breaking free of them or believing something opposite of what I had felt and thought for so long was such a hard switch and transition to make. Not only did I have all of that crap internally, my external environment through interactions, shitty situations, and input from others also reaffirmed all that toxic crap about making it, uh, only making it that much harder for me to transcend it. My inner and outer environment were giving my mind cues that solidified these negative patterns and so they kept repeating. My mind wasn't in a place to where it was strong enough to overcome my body image issues and just say, hey, you sexy motherfucker, you are the hottest thing to ever walk this planet. Who the fuck cares if people are bullying you for your appearance? They're full of shit. Fuck them all. <laughs> um, it's the same situation where you're depressed and people just say, ah, just be happy. <laughs> Fake it till you make it. Invite in the light. Like, no, motherfucker. I can't just fake my fucking happiness. You know why? Because when I did that, I felt even more empty and inauthentic inside. So where do you find the balance? How do you break out of a pattern or cycle that is no longer serving you and dragging you down lower each time it repeats? These are the questions we all want the answers to, right? The first thing I'll say is even if you hate what is happening and you hate what it does to you, you have to be truly ready to make the sacrifice to abandon it and choose something different. What do I mean by that? I mean, in order to break free of something miserable, you have to really want to break free from it. This is where we tie the ego back in. So in my example, I've easily spent on average 15 years living in a low vibrational, miserable state with tons of toxic patterns and behaviors that I've repeated time and time again. Again, mathematically, that's over half of my life. So my mind, my emotional state and my physical body are extremely accustomed to living in that state of being. It's terrible and it's miserable, but biologically and neurologically, that feels very familiar because it is. When something's been going on that long, it makes sense that it will take time to completely break free from it. And I don't mean I'll never have anxiety or depression or an insecurity about my body, but I'll reach a place where those things will be the minority of my state of being rather than the constant majority. 
To break free of a pattern, you need to understand it and notice it. You need to become aware of it. This is where the cycles come in. How does that pattern start? What are the beginning signs of it? This is the spring phase of a negative pattern. What does it look like right before it's hit its peak all-time high of shits hitting the fan, fucking kill me, why am I like this? Also known as the summer season. What you'll notice is after the peak of being completely low in whatever the pattern is, it will gradually ease up and things may even start to improve for a bit. And here we have fall. The real kicker is when the pattern finally subsides and you're like, OMG, there is light at the end of the tunnel. I'm doing really great. This is awesome. And that really great and awesome for a toxic or negative pattern is the winter stage of the cycle when it seems to have completely died down and is no longer wreaking havoc on your life. But alas, just as things are going solid, the beginning starts creeping in again and you find yourself repeating it all over. The timing of this cycle might not be a year. It certainly doesn't have to be. It can be a day, a week, a month, several months. It can even span several years if you examine it from a really large perspective. You have to take the time and understand where it begins and how things start escalating, the early stages. What does the peak stage look like when the pattern is at its worst? When it starts to wind down, is it happening naturally or is there something you're doing? And why, once it has completely gone away, does it start again? The winter stage, when it finally dies down, is ideally where you want to make your intervention if you're ready. And as easy as it is to be like, thank fucking God it's over, let go, life, let's bool. Chances are, if you don't take the time to understand what just happened and why it happened, you're likely going to repeat the same shitty cycle. I know that as soon as you're feeling better, the last thing you want to do is hash out all the details of all the crap you just went through and potentially revisit all the negative thoughts and feelings, but this is the inner work needed in order to help you understand the pattern and the cycle it follows so you can gain greater awareness and eventually transcend it. I want to clarify by inner work, I mean shadow work, which typically means writing, thinking, and digging deep into your mind. It's certainly not a walk in the park and it tends to evoke emotions, painful thoughts, memories, and all the other shit we as humans like to avoid. One important point I want to add in here is it's unlikely that even if you do this once, you'll break it. It's possible, but depending on how long this cycle and pattern have been in your life, you can expect it'll take time to fully break. That said, the sooner you start, the sooner it will end. I am once again disclosing my life tragedies on this podcast for the sake of highlighting what this may look like. So rewind to all my anxiety, depression, body image issues, poor coping mechanisms, and self-sabotaging behaviors that accompany all of that fun stuff. Since I lived with this for so long, when I tried to break out of this pattern, I would do the work needed to understand it and I would still end up repeating the cycle. When the cycle repeated, I would be frustrated and angry at myself. Cue negative self-talk and negative emotions directed towards myself. Expressing those negative emotions, thoughts, and words to myself verbally only reinforced the negative pattern itself. That took me time to realize, because again, words have power. You attract the vibration you put out there and the universe responds to that frequency. So even though I felt frustrated and angry that I was in the same shitty cycle again, even after I tried understanding it during my lighter period, my first step towards healing was not speaking or acting on my negative emotions. 
I didn't try and combat them with opposite phrases like, I'm so full of joy and light, I love my body and my life, everything is great. Because that would have been the most inauthentic piece of shit that ever came out of my mouth. But I simply chose not to speak anything negative verbally. If I started, I'd cut myself off and paste a fake smile on my face and take a few deep breaths. Each cycle gives you an opportunity for reflection, to understand the pattern and what it's serving within you more and more. Like I said, it may take multiple times of doing this inner work before you reach a place where your mind starts changing and you can take concrete steps towards creating a new positive pattern to replace this old one. Every time the cycle repeated, I would make one minor change during the cycle. The next step for me was not thinking the negative thoughts and instead choosing to focus on and redirect my attention to something completely different. It was sort of a mindfulness exercise of refocusing my attention elsewhere on literally anything else as soon as I saw my mind trying to go back down the negative rabbit hole. It's tedious and annoying at the beginning. It's almost like you're having to train your brain away from negative thoughts and spiraling out of control, but the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Over time, from making minor changes each time the cycle repeated, baby steps to help me move in the right direction, followed by inner work and understanding why it happened, I finally reached a place where I understood what the pattern and cycle were serving. I was able to become aware of why this pattern and cycle existed. As I said at the beginning, if it's negative or toxic, it's probably serving the ego in some way. In my case, I realized I had spent so much of my life feeling, thinking, and believing negative energy that I had really never experienced real positive feelings, thoughts, or beliefs that lasted for more than a few seconds. That may sound sad, but that's the truth. My mind and body were so used to the negativity and low vibrations that it was my established normal. That was familiar to me. That was a pattern and a cycle that I lived and was constantly reinforced. That was almost like my operating system, my run-of-the-mill software program that dictates how my computer, or in this case, my body functions and interacts. My ego was used to that. Negativity and low vibration were comfortable. Every time I entered that winter stage in the past and started to feel better or feel positive, that was so unfamiliar and uncertain to me that my mind, body, and ego were like, oh shit, what's this? We don't know what to do with this. This isn't new. We can't handle this. We don't feel comfortable with this. This isn't normal. Fuck, 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 fuck. And I noticed for me, I would self-sabotage and go after a hit of low vibrational energy in some way, shape, or form. Feeling good or positive felt weird because that wasn't normal for me. My ego literally craved self-destruction and low vibration because that had been my normality and that was therefore quote, safe, because even though it felt awful, that's what I was used to. And this whole pattern of the ego protecting and defending you from the unknown, the ego does not have your best interests at heart. It only knows what it knows, and it's rarely open to change in new ways. Whatever your negative patterns and cycles are, I promise you, as miserable as they are, there is some reason you keep repeating the same cycles. I'll even go ahead and drop one more brief example just for variety and further clarification. In the past, I was the queen of codependent relationships. I really fucking was. That was my pattern of the past. I've known a lot of people who end up in toxic, negative relationships, and when you're an observer looking into that situation, a lot of times you wonder, why are they doing this? Why are they saying this is awful? With relationships, it often comes down to we stay with what we think we deserve, 
whether that's conscious, subconscious, or unconscious. Or we stay due to some super deep underlying limiting belief that's been with us for fucking ever. Some people have the fear of being alone or being unwanted or not being good enough. Those beliefs commonly lead people to stay in shit relationships, whether those are romantic or platonic, because their egos convince them that leaving or not being in that relationship would make those limiting beliefs true. I had the limiting belief that I was unwanted for a long ass time. I also had low self-esteem, low confidence, I didn't think highly of myself. So yeah, no fucking shit. I was willing to stay in whatever I could at all costs, just so I didn't have to go through the pain of feeling those shitty beliefs that I held about myself. But in reality, all I was doing was putting myself in an external situation that did more damage and once again reaffirmed the pattern and beliefs that accompanied that cycle. There will come a time if you undertake the inner work necessary to understand the patterns and behaviors you don't like about yourself and to understand the cycles they follow and why it's all happening when you'll be presented with a choice or decision where you can choose to make a low vibrational choice that plays into the ego and the familiar pattern or the high vibrational choice that plays into your essence, evolution, and moving forward on a positive path. This decision might be looked at as almost a test per se to see if you're really ready to move forward or not quite yet. Oftentimes you'll get multiple of these decisions and the frequency you choose is truly up to you. Alrighty folks, so this is the point in the episode where we make un petit transition to how to handle these decision making moments and listen to your heart, soul, your inner voice and say fuck 3D and the ego. SMG motherfuckers, you don't get to rule my life anymore because I have autonomy and I'm empowered and my life is going to be fucking fantastic despite what y'all are trying to drag me down into. Did I? I can't believe I just dropped a y'all. Who the fuck am I? Anyways, like I said, these decision moments are almost like little level ups that you have to pass in order to move forward and on to the next stage. It's like a checkpoint in a video game where a lot of times if you pass, and you make the higher vibrational choice that's aligned with your inner self, you won't end up backtracking back beyond that point. You'll continue to make progress and move forward, and even if there's some slip-ups, you won't sink all the way back down, you'll just go back to the checkpoint level if you go astray. On the other hand, failing a decision moment and making the lower vibrational choice opens you up to repeating the terrible pattern and cycle that you've been working hard to get away from. It's about choosing what to fuel yourself up with. I want to clarify that this isn't every decision you make during a cycle. A lot of times it will present or manifest as a bigger or more serious decision where you have the option to weigh old versus new, comfortable versus uncertain. I want to say that even though I use the words pass and fail, you'll have many chances at making the right decision so this isn't a do or die situation. You will pass the cycle when you're ready to. That's typically after all the awareness, healing, understanding, acceptance, and release. Before I get into the example, I'll give a general overview of the situation. Okay, here we go. When I had my awakening, life changed drastically and positively for me. There was this decision I was faced with making during the fall semester, and I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what spirit was calling me to do, what my soul and my heart wanted. I was conflicted though. My logical mind couldn't rationalize it. Everyone around me didn't understand, and society would have certainly shat on me for it. My ambivalence between what I knew was calling versus what 3D supported, what external parties wanted, and the effect of societal conditioning led me to make the choice for others rather than myself. 
I saw the consequences of that decision come full circle on graduation day. A few days after that, I was having one of my daily chats with Spirit, and I made them a promise that if I ever had an inner calling that strong again, where I was faced with the decision of high vibe versus low vibe, I would not ignore it no matter what. Spirit being spirit, the loving beings that they are, gave me a very similar message and calling almost immediately after that conversation, which presented me with a new decision to make. The circumstances of this decision were slightly different as it was about something new, but once again I recognized the cyclic nature of being faced with a decision where I could make the choice that was aligned with my heart, with what I wanted to do, with what would help my soul grow and expand, versus the other option of making a choice that was more based out of fear of not taking specific action now and paying the consequences down the road. Again, I experienced confusion, which I'll go into further, but I realized that one option included more fear and familiarity in the energy compared with the other one. I knew I needed to choose the right option this time so I could level up and I could be closer to breaking this cycle. So the entirety of these two cycles span 10 months time. So let's flash back through time. Okay. Following my awakening, I was 100% certain accounting was not for me. In fact, I realized business wasn't for me, corporate America wasn't, and even working for the man wasn't. Working and operating in the logical, rational world, being a good little citizen, following society's predefined, socially accepted path was just not my thing. This is not me shitting on anyone at all. That is completely right for some people. Some people thrive with a 9 to 5 and a steady life, but I could recognize that wasn't for my soul. I had just spent the second half of the summer semester fucking miserable, but I had decided to finish it because I had already started it and paid for it. I was seriously contemplating not going back for the fall semester, mainly because I knew college just wasn't doing anything for me and I wasn't on the same path I was prior to my awakening. I didn't see it giving me the same value. To be honest, I was very heavily leaning towards not going back. I'll I'll say that's what I didn't want to go back. I had already prepared for the backlash from my parents, from my friends, and even other family members. I completely get where it would have come from and what it would have been fueled by. Things like, oh, you're so close, just finish, or college is such an amazing opportunity, you're lucky to have the chance to go, or you'll be happy you got the degree in the long run. All very fair, valid points. I am very thankful for having had the opportunity to go to college. I am extremely grateful for all that it brought me, and I recognize to sit here and trash college would be ungrateful, and that's just not how I feel about it. I did learn a lot, and it was absolutely vital for my growth. As far as the, you're so close, just finish, I think that's easier said than done. I don't think most people know how difficult college was for me. Each semester I contemplated dropping out and that started in my freshman year. Each semester I was miserable, hated my life, had frequent meltdowns and became suicidal. You see the nature of the cyclical energy, right? Each semester. (laughs) Anyways, to put myself through more of that after having finally discovered true joy for the first time in my life, that was a hard call to make. As far as being happy in the long run, I guess I can't speak on that quite yet, but okay, rebuttal made, moving forward. For whatever reason, I received a series of repetitive messages from Spirit the entire week before the fall semester started, telling me that timelines weren't right. 
I needed to reevaluate my decisions and really use my discernment before taking action. At that point, I was like, well, fucking shit. You haven't steered me wrong yet, so okay. I made the choice to go back to school and started fall. Midway through, Spirit started sending me messages that the timelines were now aligned and I needed to drop now. The messages were somewhat focused on if you continue on your current path and you don't follow your soul now, there will be long-term consequences. These messages came out of literally nowhere, but they popped up in my dreams, in my cards, in my conversations, in my meditations, and I even remember getting several clear clairaudient signs through TV commercials where I'd turn on the TV randomly and the commercial would be saying, the time to quit is now. Or I'd shuffle my playlist and the song would play that would play would be about listening to your soul and following your heart. So I basically had a week of stuff like that come through so strongly. And it tore me apart because I knew it. And I knew that the mundane timing was less than ideal considering fall had already been paid for, but I was torn. My soul knew that these messages were coming through loud and clear. I knew that dropping was the choice that was high vibration in this situation because it would have fueled my soul growth on a higher level than I was able to while balancing the semester. But I was confused. I didn't understand why now. Why have me start the semester if this was the plan? It didn't make sense and I was frustrated. I remember my logical mind kicking in and being like, the sunk cost, Alexandra, you can't just waste this money. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, I remember the fear on what people would say, how they would judge me, how no one would get it and think I was insane. I remember going a step further and at that point panicking about not having a degree and thinking, well, shit, fuck, what if I fail? What if I think spirituality is my career path, but I crash and burn and then I have no degree to fall back on? What will I do then? Go back to working minimum wage jobs, struggling to earn a living to even live? Also, no shit on minimum wage jobs, but hella shit on this country for not enforcing a minimum wage that is actually a livable wage after taxes and all the other bullshit. I won't go into that because we'll get political real quick, but anyways, I was in a state of panic over the potential future consequences of not finishing a degree I didn't actually want just so I could work a job I didn't actually want, all for the sake of what if I fail? I became so torn between logic and valuing society and external pressure versus what my soul was calling, what felt right in every cell in my body and following my gut even though it inexplicably made no sense. This brought me to a state of ambivalence where I did absolutely nothing because I was such a pansy who couldn't choose what she wanted and I felt so much pressure from the 3D world to do something I didn't even want to do for myself. To earn a piece of paper that tells the external world I must have some value because I completed this. Again, not trashing degrees. They just aren't for me, even though I now have one. And I think society in general values them highly and looks down on people who don't have one. And I just don't agree with that. I think people are worth much more and can contribute much more to their life, their job, and society than the value that a piece of paper gives them, and not everyone is fortunate enough to have the opportunities and the means to acquire a degree. Okay, I'm done with my second political opinion. My apologies, moving forward. So I made the low vibe decision for my soul. I really did. I, stick, I stayed in fall and then I went into spring and spring was rough. It's why I struggled to develop an episode for so long. My, creative, my creativity was blocked, I had no motivation, I felt trapped in a situation doing things I didn't want to do, 
That led to depression and a lot of self-sabotaging behaviors. Eventually, I escaped that shitty pattern and found myself coming into peace, into the winter phase. I did so much fucking inner work. I wrote, I cried, I thought, I cried, I wrote some more, analyzed the fucking shit out of everything, cried, made some seriously positive changes, had the realization about feeding my ego with familiar low vibe patterns and moved through it and out of it and I probably cried again. I was doing great and sitting here today, I still am. That said, graduation day, my fucking lord. The day itself felt empty. I was miserable. There was not one single ounce of joy in my body. It was dreadful. I had the worst anxiety and paranoia I've had in ages. I felt so under attack, like everything and every person was a threat. Every picture I took had the emptiest smile I think I've ever flashed. I felt no sense of accomplishment, achievement, or pride. I tried doing what I could to channel positive energy, but nothing seemed to work. At the end of the day, I was celebrating with my family. Though again, it felt like an empty celebration, I think they were happier I finished than I was. Everyone was congratulating me, and I wanted so badly to feel some sense of pride and accomplishment, but I couldn't. There ended up being a situation where I overheard a conversation I wasn't meant to. One that wasn't exactly full of love and excitement for me and my college experience. The goal of this podcast isn't to paint anyone in a negative light, so I'll leave the specifics out of it. Maybe in my future memoir I'll reveal the details, but what I heard absolutely crushed me. It made me feel even worse than I already did, because at the end of the day I made the decision to finish the spring semester and the fall semester for the sake of external parties. That is actually the only reason I finished this degree. And to realize that choosing something twice for two semesters that went against my integrity, my heart, and my soul, of course it made sense to feel empty. I had been denying my own inner voice. I was acting and making choices based off of other people's wants and desires rather than my own. I placed more value on what they wanted rather than what I did. And even worse, those two low vibe decisions played into a cycle that's been long standing in my life, which is the pattern of making decisions based off of what external forces want rather than what I want, or based off of external pressure for fear of judgment, disapproval, or being outcast from the group. This cycle has been prevalent in my life, and while I've started to break it in other ways through other decisions, these two decisions didn't help me move forward towards my soul's highest vibrational path. I didn't fall completely off the wagon because I, because of a checkpoint decision I made before the fall semester to pursue spirituality as my career field, and I told people about that, but I didn't move forward in any major way because these two decisions set me back. After seeing both of those decisions come full circle and play into a cycle and pattern I've been trying to overcome, I connected with spirit and had that conversation about how I would not ignore another inner calling again because of external pressure, forces, or fear. I promised to make the choice that was aligned with my soul and inner voice. They gave me a chance to act in my soul's favor and honor my own integrity. Of course, here comes the test, right? They threw some messages my way that made me question and contemplate my plans for the summer. I'll keep this last one brief, but for the sake of understanding, I've been planning a solo cross-country road trip for quite some time. I've been excited about it, and I've known that this is something my soul needs for exploration, empowerment, independence, and freedom. To get out of the same area I've been in for three years, to experience being close to nature every day, and to give myself the opportunity to experience personal and spiritual expansion. As some of you know, I'm also in the process of starting my own business. 
That requires a lot of work and there's a lot of things they need to do and get done to get started, let alone turn a profit. Ideally, that business is up and running by the start of fall. As far as making a living, I've accepted the possibility that I may not be making a profit by fall. Obviously, I'm manifesting prosperity, success, and abundance, but I've accepted that some things are out of my control. That said, many would say to stay in Boston, spend the summer devoting your time to your business. That's the smartest move. That way you don't put yourself at risk of having to work a part-time gig to pay your bills. I hear the logic. I really do. But that's what I hear. Logic, divine masculine energy speaking when we're in the midst of a shift towards divine feminine energy. This business is in my heart and soul, but so is this trip. I realize there is absolutely no way to completely guarantee or predict that either option goes perfectly as planned. I'm sure both would have great days and challenging days, but they sent me mixed signals about what I should do. The energetic resonance was the exact same as the previous two options and decisions I had to make during fall and spring. When that hit me, I realized I have to embark on the road trip. It's spontaneous, adventurous, and the riskier decision. I want both the business and the road trip in my heart, but I realized that while both options offer expansion, where I am right now in my life means that I need to take the leap and do something that's out there. Do something that's fun and makes me feel alive. I have 45 years ahead of me to work. My soul needs to choose the option that isn't safe. It needs to break free of the safety pattern it's always followed. It doesn't mean I'm going to neglect my business, but I'll do what I can with the time I make for it. Third time, and I got the decision right. Third time's the charm. The one that is truly soul-led and inspired. The one that logically doesn't make sense to most people, and even to me sometimes but it's the choice that's right for me, made for me, and no one else. The last point I want to make is for those of you who struggle with indecisiveness and overthinking. The more you ruminate on the options around one of these pattern-based, soul-based decisions, the more fuel you give your inner chaos, which then spills out and becomes outer chaos. I'm just speaking from experience and watching that cycle over and over again in my own life. Okay, so I know that's a lot of content and a lot of shit from my own life, but you can pick apart any negative pattern in your life and decipher it. A common starting point is what behaviors or thought patterns are you unhappy with? What do you want to change? From there, you can figure out how it normally starts. What steps lead to the shift in your energy that allows the pattern to continue being fueled? When it's thriving, what's happening internally and externally that's contributing to the sustained energy. When it starts to wind down and wrap up, what's changing? Why? What is the correlation between the sequence of events? The more willing you are to examine your own patterns and realize how they're cyclical, the easier it becomes to understand their function, how they're blocking you from moving forward, what their energy is, and how they're serving you in an unproductive way. When you gain that awareness, you can see the role of the ego and how it keeps you trapped cycle after cycle. That's how you break it. Knowing where you are in the cycle is how you learn how to combat it each step of the way. When you can see it and understand it from more of a bird's eye perspective, you can intervene and start the healing process. Each step you take towards breaking a negative or toxic pattern is a step you take towards living as your true self the way your soul wants to. 
on a collective level, what you do to heal yourself impacts others. Healing is for you, but it also has a ripple effect. I believe that when I heal myself, the more knowledge, wisdom, and understanding I come into. My hope is that in sharing this with you all, it impacts your soul and your life in one small positive way. To go even deeper for one last final point, I believe as a collective, the souls on earth right now are entering a new phase and a new beginning. More and more people are waking up and beginning to listen to their soul. They're making changes to have the life they actually want, not the life they've been told they want or the life they've been told they need to have. Following your soul and your heart is never easy. And oftentimes I find that our ego will present us with fear around making a decision or change that would actually be a good thing for us. The ego is trying to protect us, but in doing so, it gives us a hint as to how we should act and decide. It just uses reverse psychology to do so. Patterns and energy cycles occur in every aspect of our lives. Again, positive ones are great. That's a sign of a healthy, soul-inspired energy within you. Negative actions, thoughts, and behaviors are often connected to negative patterns, which connect to recurring energy cycles. The greater awareness you gain, the more you move towards the true you, joy, and peace. I know this was a long one. Thank you for being patient and bearing with me over the past few months. I challenge you all to look at what energy cycles you have in your life, both positive and negative. Is there anything you'd like to change or heal? If you've tried that in the past, why hasn't it worked? What approach did you take? Did you try and do too much or do something completely inauthentic? Are you able to see how the energy is cycling? As always, my DMs are completely open for questions or queries. Until next time, stay groovy, you trippy hippies. Peace and love, Zandra.